Exodus 15:26. I am the Lord who heals you. Exodus 23:25-26. Worship the Lord your God, and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you, and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 5. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. John 10.10 The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Jeremiah 32.27 I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Hebrews 11.8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Luke 1.37 For nothing is impossible with God. Matthew 17.20 Nothing will be impossible for you. 1 John 3.8 The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Hebrews 2.14 Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. Genesis 20.17 Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech his wife and his slave girls so they could have children again. Exodus 15.2 the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. Exodus 20 and verse 12. Honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Leviticus 26, verses 3 and 9. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will keep my covenant with you. Numbers 21, verses 8 and 9. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then, when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, he lived. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Deuteronomy 5, verse 33. Walk in the way the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Deuteronomy 7, verse 15. The Lord will keep you and free you from every disease. Deuteronomy 11, verses 18 through 21. Fix these word of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land that the Lord swore to give to your forefathers, as many as the days of the heavens are above the earth. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 and 20. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God. 
Listen to his voice and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Deuteronomy 32, verse 39. See now that I myself am he. There is no God beside me. I put to death and I bring to life. I have wounded and I will heal. No one can deliver out of my hand. 1 Kings 13, verse 6. Then the king said to the man of God, Intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me, that my hand will be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord, and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. 1 Kings 17, verses 17 through 24. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought tragedy also upon this widow I'm staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself on the boy three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, Let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. 2 Kings 4 verses 19 through 37. My head, my head, he said to his father. His father told the servant, carry him up to his mother. After the servant had lifted him and carried him up to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. This is not the new moon or the Sabbath. It's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Lead on. Don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her at a distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, She took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said. Didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes? Elijah said to Gehazi, Tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your arm and run. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, and there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, The boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay upon the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. 
As he stretched himself out upon him, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room, and then got on the bed and stretched himself on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, Take your son. She came in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground. And she took her son and went out. 2 Kings 5, verses 1 through 14. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone out to take captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Now Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent his messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you to wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. 2 Kings 13 verse 21 Once while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. When the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and I will heal their land. 2 Chronicles 16.9 For the eyes of the Lord range through the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. 2 Chronicles 30, verse 20. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Job 5, 26. You will come to the grave in full vigor like sheaves gathered in season. Job 33, 28. He redeemed my soul from going down to the pit. I will live to enjoy the light. Job 37, verse 23. 
the Almighty is beyond our reach and exalted in power. In His justice and great righteousness, He does not oppress. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. Psalm 6, verses 2 and 9. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am faint. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are in agony. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. Psalm 23, verses 1 and 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He restores my soul. Psalm 30, verse 2. O Lord my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. Psalm 34, verses 19 and 20. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Psalm 41, verses 2 and 3. The Lord will protect him and preserve his life. He will bless him in the land and not surrender him to the desire of his foes. The Lord will sustain him on his sickbed and restore him from his bed of illness. Psalm 41, verse 4. I said, O Lord, have mercy on me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. Psalm 42, verse 11. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hopes in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 91, verses 10 through 15. Then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. For He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and upon the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Psalm 91, verse 16. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all all your diseases. Psalm 107 verse 20, He sent forth His word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Psalm 118 verse 17, I will not die but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. Psalm 119 verse 50, My comfort in my suffering is this, Your promise preserves my life. Psalm 147 verse 3, He heals the brokenhearted, and binds up their wounds. Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Proverbs 3, verses 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil, for this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Proverbs 4, verses 20 and 22. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Proverbs 9, verse 11. For through me your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. Proverbs 12, verse 18. The tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 13, verse 17. A trustworthy envoy brings healing. 
Proverbs 15, verse 4. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 15, verse 30. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. Proverbs 16, 24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Proverbs 18, verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 17. Why die before your time? Isaiah 19, 22. They will turn to the Lord, and He will respond to their pleas and heal them. Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Isaiah 38, verses 1 through 5. In those days Hezekiah became ill, and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says, Put your house in order, because you are going to die, and you will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with a wholehearted devotion, and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of your father, David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. Isaiah 38, verse 16. You restored me to health and let me live. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah 41, verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish that which I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Isaiah 57, verses 18 and 19. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will guide him and restore comfort to him, creating praise on the lips of the mourners in Israel. Peace, peace to those who are far and near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. Isaiah 58, 8. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Isaiah 65, verse 22. No longer will they build houses, and others live in them, or plant, and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the works of their hands. Jeremiah 8:22. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? Jeremiah 17, verse 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 33, verse 6. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing. I will heal my people, and I will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. Ezekiel 47, verse 12. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. 
Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Hosea 6 verse 1. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. Hosea 13 verse 14. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. Where, O death, are your plagues? Where, O grave, is your destruction? Hosea 14 verse 4. I will heal their waywardness and love them freely, for my anger has turned away from them. Joel 3 verse 10. Let the weakling say, I am strong. Malachi 3, verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Malachi 4, verse 2. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Matthew 4, and verse 4. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 23-25 Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him those who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee and Decapolis Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Matthew 7, verse 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Matthew 8, verse 3. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Matthew 8, verse 7. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. Matthew 8, verses 8 and 13. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Matthew 8, verses 14 through 17. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. She got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Matthew 8, verse 16. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with the word and healed all the sick. Matthew 9, verse 6. Then he said to the paralytic, Get up, take your mat, and go home. Matthew 9, verses 1 through 8. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, 
Get up, take your mat, and go home. And the man got up and went home. And the crowd saw this and were filled with awe. And they praised God, who had given such authority to men. Matthew 9, verse 12. On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Matthew 9, verse 22. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. Matthew 9, 24 through 25. He said, Go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went up and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. Matthew 9, 27 through 35. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith will it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, It is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease. Matthew 10, verse 1. He called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every sickness and every disease. Matthew 10, verses 7 and 8. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Matthew 11, verses 1 through 5. After Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and to preach in the towns of Galilee. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Matthew 11, verses 28 and 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 12, verses 9 through 13. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. Matthew 12, verse 15. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. Many followed him, and he healed all their sick. Matthew 12, verses 22 and 23. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, 
Could this be the son of David? Matthew 13, verse 15. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Matthew 14, 14. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Matthew 14, verses 35 and 36. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. Matthew 15, 28. Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Matthew 15, 30 and 31. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet. And he healed them. Many people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. Matthew 17, verses 14 through 20. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. O oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Matthew 19, verse 2. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Matthew 20, verse 34. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Matthew 21, 14. The blind and the lame came to him, at the temple, and he healed them. Mark 1, verse 23 through 28. Just then a man in their synagogue, who was possessed by an evil spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were so amazed that they asked each other, What is this, a new teaching? And with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Mark 1, verse 31. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. And the fever lifted her, and she began to wait on them. Mark 1, verse 33 through 34. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak, because they knew who he was. Mark 1, 39. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Mark 1, 40-45. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus, 
sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Mark 2, verses 10 through 12. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Mark 3, verse 5. He looked around them in anger, and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Mark 3, verses 7 through 12. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and there a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Edomia, and the region across the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. For he had healed many so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the evil spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell who he was. Mark 3, verse 15. And to have authority to drive out demons. Mark 5, verses 1 through 20. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore his chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. So no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. And the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Mark 5, 21-43 When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him, and a woman was there 
who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she had been freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. And they laughed at him. But after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him. And they went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kumi, which means, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the little girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this, and he told them to give her something to eat. Mark 6, verses 1 through 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him, that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, among his relatives and his own house, is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Mark 6, verse 13. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Mark 6, verse 53 and 56. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or the countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. Mark 7, verses 24 through 37. Jesus left that place and went into the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, but he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, For such a reply you may go, the demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her daughter lying on the bed, 
and the demon gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged him to place his hand on the man. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. He spit and touched the man's tongue and looked up to heaven, and with a deep sigh he said to him, Ephaphatha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Mark 8, verse 22 through 26. And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, he asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, Don't go into the village. Mark 9 verses 17 through 27. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. O oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at his mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, It has often thrown him into the fire or to the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him. Never enter him again. And the spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out of the boy. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. Mark 9, 38-40 Teacher said, John, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. No one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Mark 10, verses 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. 
Mark 11, 22 through 26. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons and they will speak in new tongues. Luke 4, 23. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Luke 4, verse 24 through 27. I tell you the truth, he continued. No prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to the widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. Luke 4, verse 33 through 36. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What is this teaching? With authority and power, he gives orders to evil spirits, and they come out. Luke 4, 39. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. Luke 4, verses 40 through 41. When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses. And laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, you're the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. Luke 5, verse 13. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Luke 5, verse 15. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Luke 5, verse 17. One day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Luke 6 and verse 10. He looked around at them and then said to the man, Stretch forth your hand. And he did so. And his hand was completely restored. Luke 6 verses 17 through 19. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Luke 7 verses 1 through 10. When Jesus had finished saying all this in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant, 
When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed, for I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. I tell this one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. He turned to the crowd following him, and he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Luke 7, verses 11 through 16. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared amongst us, they said. God has come to help his people. Luke 7, verse 21. At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. Luke 8, verses 1 and 2. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Luke 8, verse 36. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerizines asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. Luke 8, verse 48. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Luke 8, 52-56. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Luke 9, verse 11. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Luke 9, verse 42. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the evil spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. Luke 10, verses 8 and 9. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you. Luke 11, verse 14. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. Luke 13, verses 10 through 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. 
Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for eighteen long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what has bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with the wonderful things he was doing. Luke 13, verse 32. He replied, Go tell that fox, I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. Luke 14, verses 1 through 4. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you whole. Luke 18, verse 42. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Luke 22, verse 51. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son of Man may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, you will obey what I command. John 4, verses 46 through 54. Once more he visited Canaan in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, You may go. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the good news that the boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, The fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and all his household believed. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. 
John 5, verses 1 through 15. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. John 6 and verse 2. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he performed on the sick. John 9 verses 1 through 15. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. I am in the world. I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told them. Wash. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open? they demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. John 7, verses 21 through 23. Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all astonished. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a child on the Sabbath. Now if a child can be circumcised on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing the whole man on the Sabbath? John 11, verses 1 through 44. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. 
Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, A short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Then Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, and he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor. He's been in there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. John 15, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. John 16, 23 and 24. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. 
My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Acts 3, verses 1 through 10. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Acts 3, verses 12 and 16. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Acts 4, verses 8 through 10. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Acts 4, verses 13 through 17. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows that they have done an outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Acts 4, 22. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Acts 4, verse 30. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Acts 5, 12 through 16. The, apostle performed, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and on mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and all those who were tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. Acts 6, verse 8. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Acts 8, verses 5 through 8. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. 
When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Acts 9, verse 18. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. Acts 9, verses 32 through 35. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, a paralytic who had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and take care of your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up, and all those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Acts 10, verse 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Acts 14, verses 8 through 10. In Lystra there sat a man crippled in his feet, who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Acts 16, verse 18. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that very moment, the spirit left. Acts 19, verses 11 and 12. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Acts 20, verses 9 through 10. Seated in a window, a young man named Eucatus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Acts 28, verses 7 through 10. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and for three days entertained us hospitably. His father was sick in bed, suffering from a fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways. And when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with all the supplies we needed. Romans 4, 17 and verses 19 through 21. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Romans 8 and verse 2. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8, 11, verses 31 and 32. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple 
and that God's Spirit lives in you? 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 9. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, gifts of healings by that one Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then works of miracles, also those having gifts of healing. Galatians 3, verses 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Ephesians 5.30 For we are members of His body. Ephesians 6 verses 1 through 3 Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Philippians 2 verse 13 For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Philippians 2.27 Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not only him also, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Colossians 1 verses 12 through May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 6.12 Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through and of self-discipline. Philemon 1.6 I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Hebrews 1 verses 1 through 4 in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he has made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Hebrews 4, 14-16 Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. But he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. Hebrews 10, verse 23, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 10, verses 35 and 36, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Hebrews 11, verse 1, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Hebrews 11, 6, and without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Hebrews 12, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. James 1, verse 17. 
Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. James 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 5, verses 13 through 16. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call for the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. 1 Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. 1 John 4.4 You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcame the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. 3 John 1, verses 2 through 4. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Do not be wise in your own eyes. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Revelation 12 and verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Revelation 22 and verse 2. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Revelations 22, verses 1 and 2. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations.